Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. Uh, but right now on the line from the UK, from London, I expect, I'm joined by Miley Manzanza, Morena. Morning, or evening for me. Yes. Uh, good to be here, good to be um, chatting to you and the good folks of Dunedin, which is, um, funnily enough, the city of my birth. And, yes. Um, it's always good to be able to get my music out there again. So, um, yeah, good to be here. That's right. It is the city of your birth. I remember talking about that last time. I forgot about that. Um, mm. Right, Crisis and Opportunity, Volume 1, London. Um, I, now, I love getting an email with your name on it because I'm not quite sure what I'm going to hear. Um, what side of Miley will, will we get? Um, Neo soul, <laughs> hip hop, jazz, afro, a mashup of like everything or a few things. Mm. Will there be vocals? Um, but you know, I'm like an excited seven year old at the school fair getting a lucky dip, and I know whatever I'm going to get, I won't be disappointed. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, I guess, like, for, for better or worse, I'm a very eclectic mm. musician, and um, I've always been interested in lots of different styles. And, and, and I say, I, I hint at this for worse part, because I can be a little bit guilty of being too eclectic. Often <laughs> um, a musician has a sound or a style, and they kind of stick to it, and that's what they're known for. And... I don't know. I mean, it's it's good, but at the same time, I think curiosity is good as well. And that my curiosity around music has served me well um, mm-hmm. across the course of my career. You know, I've got to play in all sorts of different projects with um, all sorts of different musicians, and even with the own my own Miley Mendenza projects. Like right. over the course of my career, they've sort of verged from electronic music to proper acoustic jazz and kind of um, everything in between. And um, you know, it's it's a good way to be as a as an artist to always keep looking for new things to push yourself toward yeah, yeah. and I, but I believe that majority of music lovers uh, are pretty eclectic in their tastes as well Mm, I agree. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't think that would serve you too too badly. Um, mm. Right, two tracks released so far: Portobello Superhero, um, and the people out in Portobello, Dunedin, will be happy about that one. And Brixton Blues, um, you know, they, they, they show they're very Londony because we know Portobello yeah, and yeah. Brixton. Uh, and Portobello Superhero really is uh, a London song. Can you tell us what yeah. is Broken Beat? Um, what is London jazz? Well, I mean, that's, that's a very broad question. And like even within the London jazz community, there's lots of... Um, like, within the greater scene, there's lots of micro-scenes. Yeah. Um, and there's, I guess, a crew or a generation of musicians that have predominantly, I guess, come out of South London and are, you know, very deeply connected to the... Um, I guess the African and Caribbean diaspora of um, communities that live here and whilst they're like great jazz improvisers they also draw a lot from reggae music and dancehall and um, calypso and afrobeat and Mm. have really sort of over the years I I mean over multiple generations really but maybe over the last 20 years or so kind of formed um, I guess a new tradition of something which we can kind of call London jazz and and you know and not to sidetrack too far but with Portobello Superhero of course shout out to Portobello in, uh, in Dunedin in fact my um 
my auntie lives in Portobello. So that's <laughs> there this, uh, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there you go. Um, Portobello Road. And in London, there is also a Portobello mm-hmm. Road, which is, I guess, where the Dunedin one comes from, um, in Notting Hill. And there was a club that has been running for the last... 15 years or so called Mau Mau, which hosted a, mm-hmm. a regular weekly event called Jazz Refreshed. Now, Jazz Refreshed has been, for the last 15 years or so, one of the, I guess, preeminent underground hubs of young jazz talent in London. And um, when I was at uh, the New Zealand School of Music back in 2006, 7, 8, I sort of stumbled in the era of MySpace onto mm-hmm. Jazz Refreshed and um, there all these like really exciting new musicians who were of the jazz tradition but they were like taking it in a different direction incorporating elements of like broken beat uh, house music production um, Afrobeat and high life and reggae and all sorts of different kinds of um, a whole other melting pot of music like sort of and, and I guess in a similar way to how um, Wellington has been known as this melting pot of music in terms of like the influence of like reggae and jazz and yep. hip hop and soul. You know, there's a very similar kind of integration, but like they leaned a little bit heavier into the jazz thing, and it was like had so much energy to it and so much passion and excitement. And um, musicians like Kaidi Tatham, in particular, was one that really inspired me. Mark DeCliblo, yep. who is a New Zealand expat, who was a big part of the broken beat scene in London, I guess, around 10 years ago or so now. He was um, a regular at Jazz Refreshed. And that kind of was a pivotal pivotal discovery for me as a young musician in terms of like, okay, this African stuff that I've grown up on and I'm very much into, that can intersect with jazz in a really interesting way. And there's like a tribe of people who are into that on the other side of the world. And it was like a nice little beacon of hope for me Wellington knowing that, you know, around the world there are people who are into the same things that I'm into. And um, Jazz Refreshed and the the Mau Mau Club Night at, uh, on Portobello Road was, a, a, I guess, a big uh, inspiration for me as well as a driver for me to move to London in the first place, knowing that I would be able to connect with musicians like that who um, spoke the same language. And um, I wanted to have a piece of music that was a tribute to that crew, so um, that's what Portobello Superhero is all about. Yeah, nice, nice. And um, Mark DeClablo features on this record as well, which is great. And yeah, that's right. Um, and it's good to see that he had a um, good recovery from his health scare, um, which is amazing. Mm. Um, now, while uh, Portobello Superhero is full, it's funky, it's high tempo, Brixton Blues is at times delicate... Uh, there's a lot of space yeah. there. It's beautifully layered and it's really rich and soulful, right? So there's mm. a kind of a juxtaposition between the two. Um, and mm-hmm. is, is that um, you know how uh, with the rest of the songs, which I haven't heard yet, um, mm-hmm. you know, are we looking at different parts of of London and what you feel and see and smell and and experience yeah. in those different parts? And is that what you get yeah. out of Brixton? Yeah, definitely. So. Um for those who don't know, Brixton um, has, I guess, for the last uh, like couple of generations now, um, has been traditionally like a hub of the African and Afro-Caribbean community that have moved to um, moved to the UK. A lot of them sort of set up shop in Brixton, and without speaking ill upon it, it was known as being like the hood for a long time. But now, over the last ten years or so, there's been um, 
for better and for worse, uh, the effects of gentrification mm. have kind of come upon it. Um, yeah. So it's still very strongly Afro and Afro-Caribbean, but it's also like, you know, very multicultural. There's a lot of new money coming in, uh, new apartment developments. Um, you see like, you know, the traditional kind of um, outdoor veggie market with like um, people selling plantain and salt fish and that kind of, I guess, traditional Caribbean food next to like the uh, laptop co-working space that sells all the oat flat whites and and it's like, you know, has it catered to that sort of, you know, modern freelancer demographic. Yeah. Um, you have uh, the bootleg reggae CD stores sort of sound clashing outside their, outside their shop windows Amazing. as like the like woman and their Lululemons is walking to the hot yoga class. You know what I mean? So it's like this interesting melting pot um, and sort of mesh of cultures. And I guess like like London is an interesting mesh in terms of like this vast generational wealth that is um, so concentrated in the city and at the same time has like quite a lot of struggle and a lot of poverty in it and there is like a rough side to it and that all kind of meshes into one thing within London itself but Brixton as a neighbourhood is like you know, it's it's a prime example of if you if you want to learn about London and England and all of its like crazy contradictions, Brixton is the place. Yeah. And when I first moved to London, um, I happened to be living in Brixton, and mm-hmm. I had a, I had a good friend who had a room going and was happy to, you know, put me up. and And so for the first, I guess, nine months or so, I was I was in the Brixton neighbourhood, and it's very vibrant. Lots of like really exciting music and musicians that kind of lived there. So it was a really great place to sort of get started and put down some roots. And um, the tune Brixton Blues uh, was very much like a, a tribute. To that and is you know very much inspired in mood um and in some musical techniques by the neighborhood of brixton yeah. and um yeah 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 no doubt well <laughs> i guess london's funny like that it's one of those only cities in the world where the wealth didn't move out to the suburbs right mm. yeah yeah, it's yeah 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 that that's a that's a that's a good way to put it like i mean there is there is like pockets of suburban neighborhoods which are you know definitely wealthier than their others but but it's sort of well integrated as well so yeah. um well, very close to brixton is a neighborhood called dulwich which is you know very much old money big yeah. private schools and um very you know very fancy and you know very clean streets and that kind of thing and but but it's only separated by you know a small hill really <laughs> it's just on the other side of the main park and yeah. you kind of and and so and London's quite interesting in that like it's it's weird how the geographically how the wealth is placed like you're you're right in that it's like I mean there's certain neighbourhoods which are wealthy but they're quite close to certain neighbourhoods which are poor and then there'd be another neighbourhood the next one over is a bit more wealthy and so it's it's not like it's it's in, as far as like it's the city is planned it's quite a even distribution of wealth and poverty like you know like sort of wealthy class and working class kind of neighborhoods in a way which is not obvious if you're just looking at the map as to why that is but yeah. you, i guess it just those enclaves kind of emerge over time and it's um yeah it's interesting like that no doubt yeah um did you create these this record during lockdown is this or was this a project yeah. that started beforehand because i um, mean i imagine no, it was very much so so when i came to london it was late 
2019 and you know I was full of big plans and lots of action and had a whole bunch of shows in Europe sort of all lined up and ready to go and and I had a pretty good start in terms of like getting my name out there and sort of getting placed in the right kinds of venues in front of the right kinds of audiences and all of that um, and then obviously lockdown happens it's sort of over the course of like half a month or so all of Europe kind of turns into you know pandemic ground zero and yeah. um, everything shut and there was of course an initial phase of lateral drift like all my plans have fallen out the window what is it I'm doing and you know the sort of existential crisis that can come from that and then and then after a while it was like okay I have to do something yeah and I, it, it was, I guess, like having all that time on my hands was a good excuse to go deeper into composition and writing. And, I, you know, I definitely had the time to do that that I wouldn't have had if I was maintaining the tour schedule that I was planning to have been maintaining. And on top of that, lots of like London's best musicians were also suddenly available yeah, and, yeah. and up for it. Yeah. And, and, on, and lots of the studios as well were available and up for it because lots of their bookings would have cancelled because for the most part bands would have been paying for recording sessions off the back of touring and so when yeah. all, all of that money sort of just disappeared out the window it meant that lots of the bigger studios which could allow for social distancing whilst recording a band had the availability and were to be fair, like pretty negotiable when it came to rates because, you know, you'd be like the one booking in like a two-week space or whatever. Yeah. And um, so the opportunity came to um, book out a studio in North London called Livingston Studios, which had possibly the best piano I've ever heard nice. um, in real life and, you know, at, at appropriate space for social distancing and all of these musicians were available and up for it and I had the material to do it. So I was like, okay, well... If it's not going to happen now, then it's never going to happen. And um, so I got some really killer musicians to come and do it, and I'm really proud of the result. Like it was, it came out of, you know, a bad situation in terms yeah. of lockdown. But you know, that's the crisis and the opportunity of it. There's yeah. a crisis, and out of that becomes um, an opportunity to make something good. At least, at least I think is good, and um, you know, be able to put something out into the world which is somewhat positive, and also on a personal level to sort of direct my life into something positive rather than just wallowing in the misery of like you know my whole sort of way of life suddenly disappearing you know yeah. you got you got to turn you got to turn it into something and um I'm, I'm i'm very fortunate in that um you know i have a lot of support in terms of like you know i have a girlfriend who's lovely and you know i've, I've had like so there's that emotional support in lockdown, whereas lots of people probably had, like, you know, lots of loneliness or have been in really difficult relationships that, you know, got a lot of pressure kind of put on them by the fact of just being in an enclosed space for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and um, just, like, the good fortune of ha happening to know a lot of really great musicians who push me creatively and um, help me to make the work as good as it can. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be able to reveal it to the world now. Nice, nice. Um, right, so this is... Um, volume one, uh, part one of mm -hmm. a five-part series uh, that you hope to yeah, release right. over the next three years or so. Um, mm -hmm. So, where do, where do we go? Is it all themes? Is it all jazz? What are the ideas for the rest of it? I mean, have you got those ideas yet? Um, yeah, how yeah, are you working? It's, it's um, I'm working pretty well. Like, so as I was saying, like, as I'm guilty of being, in some ways. And a, like too eclectic a musician. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I realize is that, for better or worse, that is what I am. 
And um, but one way that I can more effectively channel that is to um, separate, like focus on each part within one album rather than trying to fit all of the square pegs into all of the round holes on one body of work. And so this record, Christ and Opportunity Volume 1, is very much a London-centric jazz record that's sort of very much inspired by the sounds and the styles of the city. Um, there'll be albums that are coming out which are a lot more in the beatmaker, producer mode. Yeah. Um, some which will be a lot more electronic and like barely any live instrumentation and just be more like in the box using computer programs and software and sort of drawing from that kind of music. Um, there's going to be one which is a more traditional piano trio acoustic jazz album um, and one which is like just a solo drum record which yeah, is you know nice. literally just me playing the drums and sort of just going one on one against the muse in order to sort of find something new and exciting to say on, on that instrument and um, the work you know the, it's, it's been good in terms of like giving me a bit of a mission and a purpose and I'm Great to say, I'm, I'm very grateful to say I'm running ahead of schedule in terms of the album production side of things. I've pretty much just got, I've, I've got be three already recorded, and the nice. final two are like what one is like halfway there, and another one is essentially composed, and it's just going to be a matter of just getting in the studio and recording it, and then it's done. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm very grateful to have a label here called Deep Matter Records who are on board with the vision and have agreed to come on and you know support the five album plan and um and see it as like you know a, an asset to kind of work with someone who's thinking that way as opposed to maybe a scary challenge in terms of the commitment of working on a, a five album campaign across three years which is it, it's a big it's a big ask and especially if i put myself in a london labels position to be like a jazz drummer from the other side of the planet has decided to <laughs> write five albums and he wants to put them all out and he and, you know it's a big ask and yeah. um so i'm really grateful to them for you know being happy to take on that commitment and um move forward with me and it's, it's exciting times and um i look forward to sharing all of this music and eventually being able to perform it um yes. again which is cool because like london is or well, the uk is starting to open up slowly and i've got some dates in the calendar which you know knock on wood fingers crossed won't cancel on me with um, any sort of new lockdown restrictions and you know things are looking up so it's exciting times nice nice well we're excited as well and um mm. it's it's great um you know talking about the the next four of cabs off the rank because it just goes back to that first statement i said you know that you never know what you're going to get with you. It's the lucky dip, but you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're but you're never disappointed, and I know I won't be. Um, right. Um, well, thank you for taking the time out to speak to us this morning. Um, no the worries. The album's you. out on the second of April uh, on Deep Matter, as you said before. Deep Matter Records um, out of England. Um, we'll be able to get it then. Um, maybe on the third in Aotearoa. I'm not quite sure. Um, it'll yeah. I guess with time zones, it can be a bit weird. But yeah. um, it might be. It might technically be the third, or it'll be like late evening yeah. on the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess, quarter the, the house, quarter know, to twelve. Quarter yeah, to yeah. twelve <laughs> on, on the second. Uh, all right, we look forward to it. Um, so uh, I guess we'll play the latest track, Bricks and Blues. Cool. Yeah. Um, hey. Well, thank you so much uh, again for taking the time out, and um, you know we've got four more volumes to talk about in the All coming right. in the coming time so we'll have you on again indeed. soon indeed appreciate it much love to you and um yeah all the best hey yeah thank you so much brother um we'll talk to, talk again soon
Cheers, care. mate. Right, there you goes Miley Manzanza. Um, new album out on the 2nd of April. Uh, the first two singles off it are available now. Portobello Superhero uh, and this track here, Bricks and Blues. You're on the one, 91 FM. FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.